Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersina from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Good morning, everyone. September 24th. How do these months just fly by? Yep, it's, and it's officially fall. And I think outside the weather is showing it in our nursery. I'm looking around outside the window. The glory of sort of the fall colors are taking a tone. Rich golden colors and reds. They're beautiful. And I must say, I've been telling you stories about my little rabbits that keep multiplying in my backyard. Well, my gladiator rosy bloom crab, I don't know what happened to it this year, but it had an abundance of beautiful pink blooms, followed by an abundance of crab apples. So, lo and behold, each night when I get home, I have a collection of little bunnies sitting on my driveway. Yeah, they fall all over the grass and all over the driveway a bit, and they're helping to carry them away or nibble them away, and each morning... We have the cutest little ones that are, again, feasting a little bit of breakfast. Yes, they're getting ready for fall. They're plumping up because September is almost over. So here's a tribute to September. The sultry summer past, September comes. Soft twilight of the slow declining year. All mildness, soothing, loneliness, and peace. The fading season, ere the falling come more sober than the buxom blooming may, and therefore less the favorite of the world. But dearest month to all the pensive minds, tis now far spent, and the meridian sun, most sweetly smiling with attempted beams, sheds gently down a mild and grateful warmth beneath its yellow luster groves and woods, checkered by one's night's frost with various hues, while yet no wind has swept a leaf away. Shine doubly rich, it were a sad delight, down the smooth stream to glide and see it tinged. Upon each brink with all its gorgeous hues, the yellow, red, and purple of the trees, that singly in tufts in the forest thick adorn the shores to see, Perhaps the side of some high mount reflected far below, with its bright colors intermixed with spots of darker green. Yes, it were sadly to wander the open fields and hear, even at this hour and noonday hardly past, the lulling insects of the summer's night, to hear where lately buzzing swarms were heard, a lonely bee long roving here and there, to find a single flower, but all in vain, then rising quick and with a louder hum, to widening circles round and round his head, straight by the listener flying clear away, as if to bid the fields a last adieu, to hear within the woodland's sunny side, late fall of music, nothing save perhaps the sound of nutshells by the squirrel dropped from some tall beech fast falling through the leaves. Tis September. Welcome back, everyone. We're listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal. Yes, the lines are open. 
3315. If you want to give us a shout, it's a rainy day here in Winnipeg and probably a little cloudy everywhere else. I hear that it's going to sort of lighten up a bit this afternoon, so we'll be able to get in our gardens. So what does that give us an opportunity to do? Hey, call in and let's talk about gardening because fall regime is here. There's a fall regime of what we want to do. And just a little bit of a shout out. We just had our national uh, tree planting day. I think it was on Wednesday that was in there. So we talked about last weekend. When was the uh, best time to plant a tree? Well, like someone once told me, that was probably 20 or 30 years ago. But the other next day is probably now. The ground is warm. So if you didn't get your tree planted on National Tree Day, maybe you're going to be adding a little one to the yard this year or today or this fall. We're in the warm sort of ground that's underneath there. It's going to absorb the warmth of those roots in the ground and it would do quite well. This is the port part sorry, where we are looking at planting our fall plants and also adventuring into splitting, dividing and adventuring into alliums, garlics and yes, tulips. There was a couple tulip varieties, uh, varieties that I was being teased by last week and I never got to tell you so I want to start off by that. There's a few things that you can do for fall planting and tips for planting your bulbs. Now, we all know the classic, classic tulips, the yellows, the reds. I'm personally shy away from a little bit of the whites. Um, don't get me wrong, I love white as a flower. It looks very elegant when white on white with tones because you know I love white hydrangeas. But just the thought of having white tulips after we have so much winter white here in Manitoba, I kind of steer towards the little blasts of color and the deep, intense reds, the yellows. But there's a couple that really stood out to me this year. So if you have your pencils out there and if you're visiting your garden centers, take a shout and go, go and see what they have. It's beautiful and it's a perfect time that we can go through. So before we go to Linda, I'm just going to explain these little ones. There's Super Parrot. Now, have you ever had a parrot uh, tulip? They don't look like traditional uh, tulip shapes. This one is a blast of ruffling. It's intense white with this chartreuse green puckering that goes throughout the entire flower. It just is stunning to look at. Now, if you want one that looks kind of like a parrot, which is ruffled and fringed, there's another one that stands out to me that is a pink to almost salmony pink fringe one called Queensland. And a newer variety that I just think is a adorably cute for the front of the border. It almost reminds me of Lysianthus, beautiful pink layered tulip leaves, 12 inches high, and it is called Sweet 16. So if you're venturing to look for your tulips, maybe there's a few of those. Those are my couple of my top picks. But right now, we're going to go right to line. Hi, Linda. Good morning, Carla. Good morning. I have um, a rose bush. It's a Winnip- uh, Winnipeg Park, I believe it is. And it's too close to a clematis. The clematis is starting to, to, to overrun it. So I want to move it to make sure it survives. Yep. What's the best time of year to move it uh, now? Like, we haven't had frost, so it hasn't had a chance to start really dying. Like, they're still blooming to die off for winter. So should I move it in the fall or wait till spring? Uh, you could do either or. That's on it. Uh, If you're looking at it, because the ground, uh, traditionally, the ground is still really warm, even though the air is cooler. 
up above, the ground really retains a lot of heat that's in there. So if you could get it in the ground this fall, I think you would get a little bit of a bump ahead of transitioning because if you're lifting in the spring, you have to wait till the ground is actually thawed to lift it. And then when you're lifting it, the ground is still going to be cold where you're planting it in its new location. So roses, I think I would probably do this fall. Do now. And should I put mics under them when I do relocate it? Yes, Mike's is really a good product to go through it. Um, for people that don't know Mike's uh, root stimulant, it is a mycorrhizal uh, stimulant that uh, creates nodules on the roots that really get them enhanced to grow. So, yes. Uh, How much Mike's would you put with it when it's moved then? Uh, you know what? I would have to read the calibration because I'd, okay. I would probably... Um, take in ratio of the maturity of your tree or right. the shrub, right? Yeah. And make sure that you have a substantial root ball when you're lifting and putting it over to the new location. Okay. So and I, they have calibrations on the side of the box as oh, to okay. the, the, you know. So if it was a, if it looked like it was this, it would fit in a three gallon pot. The root ball that you're lifting up, then equate it to a three gallon pot that you're planting. Okay. Okay. Oh. And I also have one of those little indoor roses that I was given at Easter time that don't survive. And it looked pretty sad in the house. I threw it outside. It got to look sadder, so I threw it in the ground. And it is just like it's a foot and a half to two feet tall and has bloomed all summer. Can I put that back in a pod, and how can I winter that over to give it another try next spring? Well, I would definitely try and do that because those little mini roses are so cheery to have them. When you bring it indoors, you're going to treat it sort of like a tropical plant because if it is in a zone that is a five or six or seven, you have to... Remember that even in those areas, they do get into a dormancy type of state, even in their own location where they're coming from. So it's like bringing in our geraniums. They are going to probably defoliate a little bit. They're going to not look as crisp and as beautiful as what they're going to be. But we also have to be cognizant that when we bring it in, give it as much bright light as you can. Okay. But you are also going to reduce on the amount of watering that you're giving because it's just like our tropical plants. In the winter, our houses are cooler. Even though we've got furnaces going, the light levels are lower. It's in a different, non-sort of aggressive growth state. So we want to minimize fertilizer and just let it go drier between your watering regime. So we do want to leave it in the light then, like not put it in a basement to give it its uh, dormant stage. Well, it's going to defoliate too as well. So if it's not in a bright location, some people like to keep it growing. If you can keep it growing a little bit longer to get even bigger. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you're if you in a little bit more of a too darker state, um, it may drop so much more. Oh, okay. Just, All right. Yeah, just, I'll give it a ma- try and see if yeah. it survives the spring or not then. Yeah. Because just imagine, like I kind of equate it uh, that if I went down to Georgia, where a lot of the ro- uh, roses in December and January are dormant, they still have lots of light oh, okay, during the yeah, day. Yeah. It's it's just that their light level is lower, right, and okay. reduced and shortened further from okay? the sun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what about trimming grapes? I had an experience. I trimmed them a couple years ago. Last year, I didn't get a chance to trim them. This year, I had grapes galore. They were all basically along the top of where the arches that I had them climbing up on. So should I just be trimming off those long ends that are down where no grapes are kind of thing and leave it leave it up near the top where they produced? Yeah, I would. You okay. can be tri- you can be trimming up some of your grapes. Uh, you just gave me a little bit of a chuckle. Uh, 
Mom, mom still has her grapes. Good morning, Mom. Uh, <laughs> I just and, did mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she makes the best grape jelly. I'm going to tell you, her great-grandchildren, when they go over, they're always looking in the fridge at this time of season to say, ah, is the grape juice there? You know, it's fantastic with a little bit of 7-Up in it. It just gives it a little sparkle. But, uh, yeah, trim those up because naturally if you have your lower canes, uh, you should have one nice big cane that's coming from the bottom. Yeah. If, if they start suckering out there, uh, you can remove those. And if you allow the, the leaves to dry, um, Mom and I used to make uh, grapevine wreaths. We would sit in the backyard and, and make grapevine wreaths and then let them dry over the winter in the Yeah, and pass yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, I, you know what? Those are the days where they Been there, done that. Over. Yeah, yeah. So, but there's always the. Uh, I look at it as we did it when our kids were really young. Yeah, you know, I was a lot younger, and it was a time where they were like, "Let's sit in the backyard and we can do this." And I'm like, "Yes, I could do something," because it was in my crafty years. So, uh, but it's a good activity to teach if you have grandchildren or kids around. You can teach them the next craft of. To learn of nature, that's true. You can teach them how to do something with it and get crafty and away from, sorry, um, there's computers, but there's also some pretty cool things that you can do with nature outdoors. Exactly. Thank you very much, Carla. You're very welcome, and thank you for the giggles, and thank you for calling in. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's almost the end of September, and we're in our gardens. There's lots to do. Yes, from picking our grapes and doing that. Uh, harvesting your apples if they're still up there. I know that I have a, uh, my eyes are on a beautiful tree I planted a few years ago in memory of someone that was here. And I will be out picking some of those apples just in case we get that frost. Now, we did get a little bit of frost because on, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday morning, I was up early to get here. And one side of my windshield, yes, had that little indication of frost sitting there. Just enough to get the windshield wipers going, but it was there indeed. So if you're looking at putting any of your uh, fruiting and getting it harvested before that gets done, just remember, when you pick your green tomatoes, they will ripen. Or there's something called fried green tomatoes or green tomato jelly that you can do. We've got Kathy on the line. We're going to go right back to the line. Good morning, Kathy. Hi. I'm having a bit of a problem hearing um, this morning, so I'll tell you um, uh, my problem, and uh, if I can't hear, maybe you can answer on the air. Um, I had roses. They were just gorgeous this summer. Uh, I just never had so many blooms, but after along came a little bug. That was different than I had seen before. He was purple, and it looked like a mosquito. He was very soft, and uh, you could squish it. But they just sort of, um, once the flowers were almost finished on the roses, it just sort of destroyed the Oh, leaves and everything on the rose bush. Now, could I put something on there um, now to um, make sure they don't, you know, that would help the roses for next year? 
Okay. Um, I don't know what the purple fuzzy guy would be, but if you have somebody that's in your family that next time it happens, if you can, if somebody's around that has a, a phone or a camera, or maybe take a shot and we can identify it for you. But, yeah, I've never seen them before and I've had these roses for a long, long time. Well, is and it, it can, just seemed to affect one rose. Um, bush more than the other. Of course, okay. the one that was blooming the most. Okay, so if it wasn't a, um, uh, are you familiar with aphids? Is was it a small one or was he winged? Did he have wings? It had wings. Oh, okay. Well, I'm it gonna just co- looked like a purple mosquito. Okay, well, I'm going to refer this to my business partner who loves uh, looking up different types of bugs to sort of see what that is. But if he was eating or uh, if he's a sucking insect that likes to go after either the bud blossoms before they open or the stemming afterwards. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of losing you. Okay, um, I'll try and see if we can get the volume up here for you. But okay. if you, for overwinter for overwintering that, just make sure that the area around your rose is cleaned up. But yeah. there's um there are some dormant spray lime sulfur kits that you can get to spray onto trees and shrubs when they're the leaves have fallen to help to prevent overwintering bugs and diseases on plants. So if Ooh. it's you can do an application of that if that is what you're looking for. But most of the bugs at this time will be going into a hibernation state. Um, so you would probably want to be, like I said, after the leaves have fallen, this is an application that is um, mostly done on trees and shrubs uh, to help for that prevention. Okay? Okay. And then with the calla lilies, um, I have them in pot. Do I have to have... Um, uh, do I have to wait for a frost before I bring them in? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question on the calla lilies. Are, sure. Is the, is the foliage still green or is it started to yellow off? Um, mostly still green because I've, um, they haven't, uh, uh, I've been watering them and they're still got flowers on them. Yeah, you know what? It's so beautiful. Like fall, we think of fall as the flowers finishing. But isn't it amazing that once we get these cooler temperatures and the moisture, it's almost like everything comes back in a glory to yeah. say, I don't want to quit. I want to keep giving. <laughs> and I don't I, want them to quit. <laughs> yeah. Now, are they in a pot or are they in the garden? I have pots, yeah. Okay, if you wanted to keep it going and if you had somebody to help you if the pot's heavy, you could continue that growing indoors, Kathy. Oh, yeah, so bring it. Not, not much light, right? Oh, okay, yeah. all right. But yeah. I usually put them downstairs anyway for the winter yeah. and then start them up again in the spring. Well, that's the perfect thing to do because the calla lilies are so elegant. They're beautiful. Yeah. What colors? What colors do you have? Oh, just pink. Oh, don't but say I've gone just from pink. one to about six now. So yeah. So yeah. Uh, and pink is a beautiful color. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. color. 
Yeah, but if you want to extend it or if you're going to put it in its dormant state, you can stop, uh, start reducing the moisture and let the sugars and starches from the foliage to go back into the uh, corms, okay? So you don't have to wait for a frost. You can just do that. I mean, you, yeah, you, you can just be I I can yeah. leave them outside now till it frosts. Well, you don't want to have a heavy, heavy frost on them if the foliage is green. Yeah, right, right. You want to have the foliage, it's like our tulips. You want the okay. tulips to slowly brown off and go yellow, uh, and then uh, all the energy. You want the energy to go back into those corms. Okay. okay. And one right. last thing, how are the grandkids? Oh, they're, one, oh, they're wonderful. I've, okay. I, I'm, I'm kind of I blessed with four. Them. I miss them. <laughs> yeah, I used to for them yeah oh yeah. yeah no they're very good very good okay all right thank you very much you're yeah. very welcome okay okay bye 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 the conversation just keeps getting better and better we just missed missed national tree planting a day and if you're out and about this weekend this is the season where we will get people that are coming in that say I want something that is red as this. And the explanation is, what is this? Well, there's a lot of trees and shrubs that will give us the, the intensity of some of the red, deep reds that probably Quebec and area, the longer seasons in BC get. We have a tendency to be a little bit more yellow and golden and orangey, rusty colors. So if you're looking for that pop of color, there's a few plants that are out there. If you're looking for viburnums or cranberries, or the one thing that I just absolutely love right now is Engelman ivy, which gets that intense, deep, deep red. It's a climbing vine for pergolas. Uh, If you have chain link fence and you want to create privacy screening throughout that, the Engelman's ivy or sort of its sister vining one that's in there is a Virginia creeper will also give you that intense, tense red. Hey, you got to love those fall colors. Let's go right to lines. Pat is waiting. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. Good morning. You know what? I forgot to ask Linda and Kathy where they were calling from because I get all excited that we got callers. So where are you calling from? I'm calling from St. Claude. St. Cloud. Well, good morning to everyone in St. Cloud. <laughs> How can we help you today, Pat? Well, I planted these uh, uh, peppers, and uh, there's, uh, there were six plants in the container, and they're supposed to be yellow. Yep. And they're beautiful, and I have tons of them on these six plants, but um, they're not turning at all, and I'm just wondering... Can I take them in? Will they ripen like tomatoes, or I have to leave them there? Well, normally, if it's a pepper, they will start all green, and then they will change. So it depends, A, on the variety of pepper when you get that transition in color. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we see this because... When we're and my fingers are tingling right now because I have seed books and plant books and everything all over my desk for 2023. Believe it or not, so oh. when you're when you're looking at it, you see the selections and the maturity of your fruit um, when it's optimal is sometimes indicative to the variety that you get because some will mature in 76 days, whereas some will mature in 110 days to color. 
So okay. if it hasn't gotten to that full color, if you can keep it on the vine as long as you can, but I don't think you'll get the full transition. If you pick it green, it, it will go yellow because it needs that energy from the plant. Okay, because so, I covered them the other night because they were saying uh, danger of frost, eh? Yeah. But Did you they're end very up... high, and there's so many on them, and I, they're so nice, but I saw a spot that something's got gotten at one, and they're so big, and I hate to lose them, but I just thought... Uh, yeah. I'd ask. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you can, if you can uh, keep them on a little bit longer, uh, I would go for it. But if you find that the bugs are getting at them, or sometimes the rabbits will get at them too as well, then yeah. make sure you're harvesting before you lose a majority of them. Oh, okay. And what okay. about the tomatoes? Like they're they're not ripening either. Like unless I bring them in, and my plants are so big this year, so yeah. I don't know. Um, okay. With should your t- I be trimming them or cutting? Yeah, I would probably, t- be if the foliage is really, really big on it and you have some fruiting that's on there, kind of oh. two trains of thought. If you get cooler temperature, the leaves that are on them are going to help to shelter them. But okay. if you remove the leaves, it's going to help the fruit to ripen up a little bit faster. Okay. Okay? Well, that's great. Thanks, yeah. Carla. You're very welcome. Okay. Okay. Thank Bye-bye. you for calling. Bye-bye. And this is the portion where it's like, do I leave my fruit on there a little bit longer and risk getting that extra frost? Or maybe harvest a little bit of it so that the work isn't there as much if you do have that hard frost and you're in that last little panic mode going, I have to get it all done now. So maybe pulling a little bit earlier is beneficial too as well. And even uh, the tomatoes, like if you're pulling some of the tomatoes, I know um, mom is uh, notorious for pulling some of her tomatoes when they're green. And it seems like there's boxes and bowls that ripen just as nicely on the counter that's in there too as well. And I have a sister that's way up north above the Great Slave Lake. She rarely gets red tomatoes. And I know that she makes green uh, tomatoes, fried green tomatoes, and fried, uh, just imagine, green jelly of tomatoes. So there is a diversity and there's a use for things when you pick them a little bit earlier. And um, you just give me a little reminder against protecting things against bugs and maybe the rabbits. But there's also, um, I was out walking here on the north side of our property. We have two huge mounds of mixed pumpkins and gourds that are in there. And yes, we like to see how they grow, but we are throwing crates on top of some of ours because the deer are now starting to come a little bit closer and getting a little bit of a nibble. Yesterday I was out there and lo and behold, one of the big orange ones, I don't know, this buck or deer must have been big but he nipped it off and carried the whole pumpkin to the middle of the open field and left half of the pumpkin eaten so i left it there thinking okay do not take another one please come back and eat the one that you started (laughs) so we are sharing the bounty of what we've got now when we're going through the regime i was glad i told you about my uh my favorite tulips that are here Allium, we talked about those before last week. So if it's, again, if you missed last week's show, we talked about Allium selections. And I actually was telling uh, a few people that we I posted a picture on our Facebook and Instagram of a lady's garden that uh, is full of Allium. So if you want to find us on Facebook and Instagram, take a look at it and it will inspire you and you will be in awe 
of what this ornamental alliums will look like in a garden and she has them interspersed amongst her entire beds that are there and the one little thing that she loved about it was the deer do not like them they don't really like going near them so the interspersion uh, if that's a word that puts it in amongst the other plants kind of deterred the deer from even going into those areas so are you in the mood for planting tulips and allium maybe you are now don't forget it's time also, if you missed the show last week, it's time also to venture to your garden centers and look for your garlic varieties. Some of them, I know uh, people are in looking here for certain varieties that are getting a little bit low, but there's the beauty and color of the forms of them. Not only are they just white garlics anymore, there's mixtures of reds and purples. And take a look because there's an embodiment of the flavors that you can get when eating different garlics so i kind of look at the color bulb of how it looks when it's packaged when you're lifting it but my hubby who's the culinary expert in our family would probably uh, flavor going into some of the tones that have great flavor or very large uh, bulbs or cloves for chopping up rather than peeling little tiny ones you'll go for the big ones or Hey, maybe you might even want to get into doing elephant garlic. Who knows? Now, with the shout out, and there's a little bit of rain happening here, I do want to remind uh, folks about the regime for caring for your trees and getting ready for fall. There's a few things that will start now, and I'll probably hear me repeat it for those who don't hear it today and I've missed the show. But it's the time now to start thinking about your cedars, yeah, we have the moisture in the ground, but if October and November continue or go into that drier state, we want to make sure that there's water in the ground. It's always, it's also, if you're beneficial, if you're out in the yard now doing the work and doing it before it gets cold and your hands are going to get cold, yeah, the gloves are coming soon, get your stakes in the ground for whatever you want to do when you're doing your burlap wraps. It's easy enough to get the stakes in the ground now, but no, no. Do not put the burlap on early thinking that you're going to get ahead of it because you want that cold air consistently cold before you start bundling and before you start wrapping anything. If you do it prematurely, what you're doing is creating this nice little jacket that causes the cedars and the trees to stay in a warmer state, which means I can keep going. No, you want the cold air to start saying it's dormant time you have to start slowing down it's like putting the grandchildren to bed it's time to sit stay calm read a book chill before winter hits okay so you're going to get your stakes in the ground yep you're going to get that burlap leave it in the shed it can stay there for a while all right and this is also the time too just before if you're looking if you know that you have rabbits and deer in your area Look for their uh, products. Uh, okay, little brain freeze here. Bobex is a good product for deterring and putting on things that you know that your deers are going to be targeted to. Uh, maybe it might be hydrangeas, or maybe it might be uh, your apple tree that is in that open field. Put some Bobex on it. It's a great product for deterring deer that's on there and uh, most of these applications need to be applied before 
it freezes consistently. So you're looking at uh, above one degree, all right? You don't want to be out there applying it when it's freezing outside. If you're looking for some small shrubs and possibly some other ones, there is another product called Scoot. Uh, it is a bitter tasting application. It gives a white cast to your trees and branching, but it's winter. It's going to give you a little whiteness that's on there too as well. But it's going to deter because the rabbits, when they start nibbling away at it, it's like, ooh, I do not like this. This does not taste good. And they will go elsewhere. All right. The Bobex is a little bit more of an organic blood base. So it, um, again, it's this sensory application that they think that something's happened in this area. Yeah. And they think, ooh, ooh got to get out of here. All right, so it's on there. Now, if you're looking and if you have newly tree, uh, new trees or younger trees, we want to prevent the rabbit damage. And I know that I even want to prevent rabbit damage on mature trees. Um, I like my rosy bloom was a food source, I think, for all these little rabbits that are all over my yard. And I have to sort of look at it this way. If the snow is going to be higher, I have to take measures to go higher up to prevent the damage further up on the tree that's in there. If you have smaller ones, I'm a huge endorser of wrapping the bottom of the trunk uh, with tree guards. So if you're venturing to your garden center for those tulips and alliums, ask for tree guards. They're spiral. They'll either be a corrugated tube that you are sliced down the center that you can wrap around the tree, or it's a spiral tree guard that you wrap around there they're both in white it will help to take measures away for prevention of voles and rabbits nibbling because it's a heavy uh, plastic product that's on it they're not going to want to nibble they're going to try and find something that's easier to go through it and the one thing that i like about it too as well is it's white so if something uh if you've got that deep intense sunshine that's beating on it it will actually not absorb the heat that's on there it's kind of that a, a reflective matter off a of white that will help to prevent frost cracking if you if that is portion of something that's going to happen because frost cracking is part of uh, injuries that we will see in the spring from winter effect that's on there so we are going to take measures we're going to get our stakes in the ground we're going to measure and sort of see what we need scoot bobex get those on there too as well and it's also a good time that if you see the leaves slightly on your trees right now guys take a look and see if there's any branches that are totally devoid of leaves because this is the time frame where i would take a little bit of a flag tape or a uh, marker spray paint of one color and if i know that that limb is dead or branching or causing rubbing effect on other tree limbs mark that limb so when we're ready to do our pruning Yes, pruning is done when the leaves have fallen and the structure of those trees and shrubs are in a dormant state. Then it's easy to identify that that limb on that tree has to be removed. Because when all those leaves fall, you're not going to remember if it's this one or this one. Unless you get out your trusty little pocket knife and start doing a little bit of a scratch test on the cambium or the bark to see if there's viability in green that's there on that limb so it's just a little hint of what i kind of do to uh, help me with my ease of going through that the other thing i want you to do too is i've mentioned that i'm going to be out there picking a few apples is we want to prevent and it's getting cold now 
the fruit flies or the fruit maggots that are going into the apples for prevention for next year. So it is a clean orchard or even if you have one or two trees. Mom is great. She sees the apples falling. She trained us to say if the apple falls, pick it up because that fruit that's laying on the ground is just a magnet for those uh, apple magnets to go winter and go into the ground over winter and next year multiply when they go back up into the trees when your blossoms have fallen off. So you want to prevent that. So check for your dead branches. Pick up the fruit that's fallen, and that's even on your uh, pear trees too. Keep it nice and clean. Uh, Rather than having them there, maybe the fallen ones that are bruised and damaged, maybe half of it can be saved, and the other half maybe goes into the compost pile. Who knows? Now... If it's on there, we talked about the coloring. And I have to, oh, you know what? There's one thing I have to say. We love talking about gardening, and I had a visitor. I'm going to give a little shout out to Kenny. He was here visiting, and he was telling me that he was showed me a, one of his hostas, and this is amazing. He had a hosta that was about four feet wide and five feet tall. And he had to comment that on one of our hydrangeas that we had to move here over from one side to the other how small the branches was, but he was amazed that we moved such a big shrub from one location to the other. And he did tell me that, yes, his hydrangea was loaded in glory because of the moisture this year. So it's all about sharing our stories. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to the Lawn and Garden Show. We are doing our charity event tomorrow in support of uh, Prairie Strides. It's all about horses and kids and supporting Here's a little poem on our clothes. It said, I saw a child. I saw a child who could not walk, sit on a horse, laugh, and talk, then ride it through fields of daisies, and yet he could not walk unaided. I saw a child, no legs below, sit on a horse and make it go through woods woods of green and places he had never been to sit and stare except from a chair. I saw a child who could only crawl, mount a horse, and sit up tall, then put it through the degrees of paces, and laugh at the wonder in his face. I saw a child born born into strife take up and hold the reins of life, and that same child was heard to say, Thank you for showing me this way. It's all in support of Prairie Strides, so if you're in my neck of the woods, come see our charity fashion show, 1.30 tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.